I'm Bill Lawrence, and this is my Big Bag of Onions. The cough made to California, broken hearts and fossil known. And through this night we'll share a lover On that dark radio How the soul may be so lonely Hands pressed cold against the phone The young stars are standing right here
bag of onions. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know. That Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to.
Six years ago, on a cold night not unlike tonight, I made my way across town from my office in North London to an art gallery in South London to attend the opening of an exhibition by some friends. There was a dinner after the private view at which I was introduced to two artists, a man and a woman. We got talking and they explained how they had been working together for over 10 years and they told me that they were about to open a small project space in their studio in East London. I got into a deeper conversation with the male artist and we immediately clicked. After several glasses of wine, we danced and then at one point he playfully pushed me against the wall and he kissed me. We soon became an item and as I got to know him better, I became more and more curious about his relationship with his female collaborator. All kinds of questions popped into my head. I wondered about the nature of their relationship, this other woman in his life. On a professional level, I was also interested in what they were doing. With my newly found front row access to the workings of an art duo, I wondered what this kind of collaboration could reveal about the world.
About 120,000 types of protein molecule have yielded up their structures to science. That sounds a lot, but it isn't. The techniques, such as X-ray crystallography and nuclear magnetic resonance, or NMR, which are used to elucidate such structures, do not work on all proteins. Some types are hard to produce or purify in the volumes required. Others do not seem to crystallize at all, a prerequisite for probing them with X-rays. As a consequence, those structures that have been determined include representatives of less than a third of the 16,000 known protein families. Researchers can build reasonable computer models for around another third because the structures of these resemble ones already known. For the remainder, however, there is nothing to go on. In addition to this lack of information about protein families, there is a lack of information about those from the species of most interest to researchers, Homo sapiens.
You're listening to my big bag of onions. Football can bring purpose, build communities, change lives and inspire people like no other activity I've ever come across. Having lived away from Liverpool since I was 19, I always hoped somehow that I could return to my home city to make a contribution. And it was by coincidence that a couple of years ago, I came across a job advert for the head of foundation position at Liverpool Football Club, an opportunity to take the helm of the club's official charity. When I told my dad, who's a staunch Evertonian by the way, the good news that I was finally coming home to Liverpool to work for Liverpool Football Club, it did create some unrest within my family. But despite the tribal dynamics, I was absolutely delighted to get a job that could use the immense power of football to transform the world for the better. We know that to many Liverpool Football Club fans, being a fan is a really important part of who they are. For many, it's their primary passion in life. Being an LFC fan is like being a part of a family, the world's greatest football family. In fact, there are an estimated 580 million people across the world who support Liverpool Football Club.
I do feel it's time to set the record straight. You see, I didn't come here just as an administrator. I came to this hospital to settle an old score. Now, y'all know that my father was a brilliant man. He built this hospital. What you don't know is that to his family, he was an unmerciful tyrant, an absolute dodo bird. And the oldest daughter, the pretty one, the charming one, became pregnant when she was 15 years old and was driven out of the house. In fact, she was so terrified that she would, uh, that, 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 that the baby daughter would bear the stigma of illegitimacy that she, she decided to change her name and she contracted a disfiguring disease after moving to Tangiers, which is where she raised the, the, the little girl as her sister. But her one ambition was to become a nurse. So she returned to the States and joined the staff right here at Southwest General. When she worked here, she knew she had to speak out wherever she saw injustice and inhumanity. God save us. You do understand that, don't you, Dr. Brewster? And she was shunned by all you nurses, too. But she was deeply loved by her brother. It was this brother who on the day of her death swore to the good Lord above that he would follow in her footsteps and just owe it all up to her, but on her terms as a woman and just as proud to be a woman as she ever was. For I am not Emily Kimberly, the daughter of Dwayne and Alma Kimberly. No, I'm not. I'm Edward Kimberly, the reckless brother of my sister Anthony, who is finally vindicated and strong enough to be the woman that was the best part of my manhood, the best part of myself.
why are you talking to Janice? Oh my gosh, she's so pathetic. Let me tell you something about Janice. We used to be best friends in middle school. I know, right? <laughs> so embarrassing. I don't even, <laughs> whatever. So in the eighth grade, I was going out with my first boyfriend named Kyle, who was like totally gorgeous, but then he moved to Indiana. And Janice was like weirdly jealous of him. Like if I woke her up to hang out with Kyle, she'd be like, why didn't you call me back? And I'd be like, why are you so obsessed with me? So on my birthday, which was like an all girls pool party, I talked to Janice and I was like, I can't invite you to my party because I think you're a lesbian. I couldn't have a lesbian at my party. There'd be like girls on their bathing suits, right? I mean, she was a lesbian. And her mom called my mom and started yelling at her. It was so retarded. And then she dropped out of school because nobody would talk to her. And I guess she came back on the phone and all of her hair was like chopped off. And she was so weird. I guess she does crack now. club cricket two years uh, three summers ago up for up north um, for Fleetwood Cricket Club in the Northern League and um, I'd met him the year before when he got back to Melbourne he relocated after his career in Hampshire and um, he had mentioned it to the Hampshire guys and that I was worth having a look at and that's sort of how the connection was formed and then Hampshire asked if I wanted to play some second team games and it sort of went from there, so that's where the connection started. So, yeah, Tim definitely played a big part. I'm obviously really happy with how it's gone so far, and I'm not going to put a limit on anything. I think I'm just very open-minded about where it all can go. I obviously love to play here at Hampshire for 
for the rest of my career and be the be the best player I can. So yeah, I, I'm yeah I don't really have a I guess a set journey of where I want to be in, in one year's time. But um, yeah, I've come over here with come over to England with the ambition of you know having a, a successful first class career over here. And um, yeah, that, that's just to be the best cricketer I can be. So yeah, it's exciting. In the arms of the angel 
campaign says that you lack the experience to be president of the United States. What, what's your response to that? It's not about experience, James. It's about gender. Reston's saying, I don't have the balls to be president, and he means that literally. It's offensive. It's offensive to me and to all the women whose votes he's asking for. Uh, I'm sorry, are you, are you saying that Governor Reston is sexist? Yes, yes I am. What the hell is she doing? And it's not just Governor Reston speaking in code about gender. It's everyone, yourself included. Excuse me? The only reason we're doing this interview in my house is because you requested it. This was your idea, and yet here you are. Thank Thanking me for inviting you into my lovely home. That's what you say to the neighbor lady who baked you chocolate chip cookies. This pitcher of iced tea isn't even mine. It's what your producers set here. Why? Same reason you called me a real-life Cinderella story. It reminds people that I'm a woman without using the word. For you as an angle, I get that. And I'm sure you think it's innocuous, but guess what? It's not. Congresswoman Marcus. Don't interrupt me when I'm speaking. I have to stop this. Don't you dare. You're promoting stereotypes, James. You're advancing this idea that women are weaker than men. You're playing right into the hands of Reston and into the hands of every other imbecile who thinks a woman isn't fit to be commander-in-chief. Yes, Governor, I'm talking about you. Seven years I served in the United States Army, which is seven more years than Governor Reston ever served.
Hello, James. Welcome. Do you like the island? My grandmother had an island. Nothing to boast of. We could walk around it in an hour. But still, it was, it was a paradise for us. One summer, we went for a visit and discovered the place had been infested with rats. They'd come on a fishing boat and gorged themselves on coconut. So how do you get rats off an island? My grandmother showed me. We buried an oil drum and hinged the lid. Then we wired coconut to the lid as bait, and the rats would come for the coconut and point, 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 point. They would fall into the drum. And after a month, you've trapped all the rats. But what did you do then? Throw the drum into the ocean? Burn it? No. You just leave it. And they begin to get hungry. And one by one, they start eating each other until there are only two left, the two survivors. And then what? Do you kill them? No. You take them and release them into the trees. But now they don't eat coconut anymore. Now they only eat rat. You have changed their nature. The two survivors. This is what she made us.
Savior, sorry. One thing I don't need are any more apologies. I got sorry greeting at the front door. You can keep yours. I don't know what to do with them. I can't even... I gotta throw some away. I can't even get to the clothes in my closet for all the sorries. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna put a sign. A sign on the door. Better yet, I'm gonna leave a voicemail. A message on my voicemail. If, if you call to say you're sorry, then call somebody else. Because I don't use them anymore. I let... I let I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. And how could I know about that? Take a walk down a dark and musty street in Brooklyn, Carl. Well, I'm gonna do exactly what I want. And I'm not gonna be sorry for none of it. Let's soothe, let's sorry soothe your soul. I'll soothe mine. I'm Bill Lawrence. Join me again soon for another big bag of onions.